0: Is it really better being an entrepreneur in the United States than in Europe? Is the grass really greener on the other side of the Great Pond? Welcome to a new episode of the Life Science Get Together podcast. Today I will talk with Jessica Walsh, the founder and CEO of Bands, about how great it really is being an entrepreneur in the United States. In this episode, you will learn how entrepreneurs in America handle things, how it is to develop and grow a company in the medical device field, and how exactly you do it to nail a deal with the U.S. Air Force and the American Department of Defense. Jessica Walsh, welcome to the show
1: thank you it's such a pleasure to be talking to you i'm really honored so i appreciate it thank you thank you very
0: much for your time i have so many questions and the most pressing question on my end is uh i think for uh all europeans uh we always have a look at the other side of the pond and uh i very often hear in europe everything is better in the united states And one of the questions I would like to to discuss with you in this podcast is: Is the grass really greener on the other side of the pond?
1: I, you know, I'd like to to say that it is. Uh, I'm I'm not sure that I can. I think anytime you're you're a developing a company. Um, it's, it's always a, a fight. Um, it, it takes a lot of effort. Um, whether you're in uh, you know, overseas or here in the U.S., I mean, yes, we're larger. There uh, may be more companies that are there in terms of resources, but there's also a lot more competition as well, too, Um, I think no matter where you are, it's, it's finding the right people, the right team, the right resources and and reaching out. Um, Some of my team members are actually uh, from overseas. So, um, you know, we're, we're pulling from over there as well, too. (laughs) We're, we're, we're reaching out worldwide.
0: That's, that's very good to hear that you also have uh, people from Europe on your team. Uh, what, what is your company doing right now?
1: Right. So our is a really innovative medical device company with patient-centric auto-injectors that are designed to deliver a wide range of injectable medication for, for people around the world. Um, For uh, us, it it was important uh, to be able to help people who either have anaphylaxis or diabetes. We can deliver epinephrine or liquid-stable glucagon. We're able to help the military uh, with either anti-chemical warfare agents or um, for pain medication. So there's a lot that we're, we're able to deliver. Um, And and that's what our focus has been on, is to really rethink and redesign uh, existing auto-injectors.
0: I have one question to you. Um, When I researched it right, I think you founded your company in 2012 or 2013, around this time period. Right. Right. what was the reason that you decided uh, to become an entrepreneur? What was this initial event that you said, okay, uh, I want to have my own company. <laughs> I want to go out on the market and uh, raise money. I want to experience uh, yeah. the risky life of entrepreneurship. And eventually, <laughs> maybe somewhere 30 years in the future, uh, I become rich. What was, what was the initial event that uh, made you go in that direction?
1: What were you thinking, right? Um, so uh, it was it was personal. Um, I found out I was allergic uh, to bee stings. Uh, I had been stung many times before as a child. I never had an anaphylactic reaction, and then one time uh, at night, I'm walking through the kitchen barefoot. And I step on a B, so not the place that you think that you're mm-hmm. going to get stung. I originally thought it was glass, and as I sat down to uh, pluck it out uh, no sooner, um, I had a massive anaphylactic reaction, and it's amazing how quickly it can come on. You think, you know, if I set my mind to something, I can accomplish anything, yeah, that's <laughs> not one of them uh so off to the er i go and prescribe to carry an epipen with me which is uh similar to your jacks i'm not sure if you you've seen them um uh, but six inches long right cool. here, it's huge yeah um And I'm thinking, okay, I'm allergic to bees. And I said, given the severity of your anaphylactic reaction, you need to carry this with you at all times. So I run and I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to put this? So I ended up duct taping it to my arm. I look (laughs) ridiculous. I'm thinking, oh, you know, there has got to be a better way. And as I did research, I found two-thirds of people who are prescribed to carry auto injectors. Don't carry them. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents are fighting with their kids to carry them. One out of three are bullied in schools for having them. Seventy oh. percent um, of people don't remember how to carry them a year later, um, and sadly, forty percent who died of the anaphylactic reaction never got to their auto injector. It's because. You know, that two-thirds of people who are prescribed it don't carry it and choose the rest mm-hmm. of their life. You think, well, okay, you know, this, there's got to be something else out there. There's got to be better options. And I found that there they really weren't. So, um, And on top of that, they're really expensive, and they expire each year. So after having it, I said, hmm, you know, what is this made of? Like gold? Let me take it apart. This <laughs> is, that, you know, what you do. You think, well, yeah. what's in this? You know, why is it so big? And I took it apart, and I found the amount of medication that's injected is is probably about the size of my pinky nail.
0: So really?
1: Be kidding. So if you've ever, like, as a child, if you've ever had one of those boxes, and the box is big and it's beautiful, and you open yeah. up and Time I was like, you got it!" like when was this design? And it was back in World War II, and it hadn't substantially changed since that time. I was thinking, this is really unconscionable. People are dying, their lives are at risk, and we're still carrying around something that was designed back then. I was just thinking you know, look at what has happened with our phones in terms of innovation. If we were still carrying around phones that were <laughs> like, in
0: the, broken, like in the, like right? in
1: the seventies, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, even the latest model cell phone is too big. It's just like, so we like to think that our, uh, we could do better. Um, and so our, team got to work and we we created our mini jack auto injector so i'll show you here real quick so mm-hmm. we like to think of it as like the iPhones,
0: cool.
1: phone boot. it's so small so yeah. it's the world's uh, smallest auto injector right now
0: um,
1: and it's really simple to use uh, uh, which is great because so many people don't remember how to use epipen a year later It's uh, you just pull off the cap press the person against the person injects and retracts in under a fourth of a second so um, I was just really fortunate when I had that opportunity to open up that eye injector and it was you know it's not just for me but it's for everyone else who goes through that problem Uh, you know sometimes you need to be that change you want to see in the world Um, and you built the team and and got to work and that's how we
0: started. So my cat is listening. So I hope it's not too disturbing (laughs) to the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I I want to jump a little bit uh, at the beginning of your company. You said you, you saw out of your own experience, this huge problem in the world. Um, how, how was it then to bring it to life? How was it? Uh, was it easy to to find the right team for you? Uh, did yeah. you already have a team, or how did you manage that from the step, from having the vision and seeing the problem, to basically starting to work on the solution and founding your team and getting a team?
1: Right. Um. So I come from a construction and engineering project management background. I'm not a doctor, not an engineer. I wasn't in life sciences, Um, so I came purely from a patient perspective and a project management uh, uh, knowledge of how Mm -hmm. to build a team. You're given uh, a budget, you're given a timeline, a client, and you execute and you deliver. And so that was my expertise. Uh, bringing in people who knew how to do what I didn't know how to do, and get them to work at their highest and best mm-hmm. use to de- deliver. Um, so, utilizing those same skills, uh, we I built the team. Um, finding, I think, people who are really passionate, who care uh, about what you're doing, is is huge when uh, when bringing people together. It allows when things get difficult for them to still be inspired, engaged and working for a greater good, a bigger purpose, that, that larger goal to saving lives. Um, It's not saying if your engineer has no uh, skin in the game, that they're still not going to be amazing. But so I think that's some of what helps keep you going Mm -hmm. when you're, uh, small, innovative startup team, um, the path to success by <laughs> no means is straight. So it's, it's executing every single day. It's picking yourself up. Um, it's, uh, there's times when it's exhausting. And I think from a patient perspective thinking, if, if, you know, if I don't do this, if I give up, karma is probably going to say that I'll get stung and die. So let me keep going. But for people who who aren't coming from the patient uh, perspective, I think also talking to patients as well too, uh, it, with your on the uh, therapeutic side and spending time. It not only helps you to understand who you're working for. But after I speak with the children who have anaphylaxis, mm-hmm. or the parents who've lost their kids, and they're like, "This is amazing! Don't stop!" It, it gives you—it gives you goosebumps. It makes what you're doing real. It's more than just developing springs and uh, you know needles and therapeutics. It, it really gives you perspective that. Uh, and the honor to be part of the life science, mm-hmm. where you're 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 helping to change lives, to improve health, to to save people. And I think that's um, one thing that all the entrepreneurs and, and life sciences have. Like, if you have an idea that can change someone's health, by by all means, don't stop. It's it's Not going to be easy, but Mm -hmm. keep that angle in mind. So, um, yeah, it's a path not straight. There's many times we've got stuck, uh, but I almost like to think about it as almost four wheel driving. If you ever think of a truck stuck in the mud, right? And if you just keep trying to plow forward, you're spinning your wheels, and mud is flying, and every way it is just. If you're just really spinning your wheels sometimes you have to back up sometimes you have to say all right everyone out push <laughs> sometimes you have to go slogging through the mud yeah, yeah. to go say hey can you guys come help push i mean find find those advisors find those mentors who can who can even if it's in the moment in your journey get behind and help push you or find that that mat, something that's gonna give you that grip and really get traction uh for the moment. So sometimes you have to rock a little bit backwards to to make that progress through your bumpy journey, you know, down through the to the past towards your end goal. So um so, yeah, no, the, the path isn't easy. Yeah. It's, it's not straight. Um, it takes a lot of work and hard effort, but man, is it rewarding. It really, really is. And, and when you're able to celebrate those successes, even just getting out of that one pothole, I mean, it's just take the time with your team. I'm like, yes. We did it. We all pushed together. We got it. I mean, even if it's not your end goal, like, celebrate those little, those little successes. It's, it's so key to the morale um, and, and, and keeping you going and, and people engaged and inspired.
0: A very inspiring uh, speech. Many thanks for that. <laughs> you covered, yeah, you covered a lot of topics. I think one one thing that you were talking about is having a sound vision and a clear goal of what you would like to achieve, mm. and being really passionate about that. And I think the the great thing in life science in our industry is that we really can help to save lives. That we really can help parents. Um, that their kids enjoy a life of health instead of suffering from disease i think this is a huge advantage of being in life science
1: really if you've been given the, the idea if i assume as you should say if you've been blessed with the a solution i think mean, that could really change lives you that some honor yeah. in itself that's that's not something that comes to everyone, and to think that you might stop because it's too hard—I mean, I'm here to say that you know I believe in you. You, you can, you can do this. Uh, most things worthwhile in life are, are not easy. I, God, they take perseverance, um, but don't quit. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. This just. Bring in that the team, bring in those resources. You make that difference, and having that clear goal, uh, picturing your therapeutic or your medical device, and, and having that vision in someone's hands, saving someone's life. I mean, um, and and be open to your your vision changing and adapting and, and pivoting. We, we didn't always look like this um our, our original innovation was uh, more of a bracelet mm-hmm. and as we uh spoke with more and more patients they said oh this is a great idea this is wonderful uh we can put different covers on it we can carry it, and on our back, It's was like, well, wait a minute, uh, it's a bracelet, oh, but I can easily put it in my pocket,
0: yeah, like,
1: okay. no, it's a bracelet, and it was, uh, we were working with a New England Pediatric Device Consortium at the time, we had uh, won this award, where we not got just, oh, we were awarded a little bit of funds, but also resources that were wonderful, so they helped us pivot, to really listen to her customers and say, you know, it's better, but it's not quite there yet. So we've given it the accessory attachment. So it can uh, clip to the back of a phone, mm-hmm. it can clip to a waistband for that child who wears the sport shorts without pockets, you know, who doesn't necessarily want a bracelet on um, for. It to go to the mom who always carries her keys but never finds her sunglasses. Right, like you, it's like great. I want to attach this to my keychain, and it's Mm -hmm. small enough that you can do that. So we we had to be open to really listening, and sometimes your vision has to has to change, has to adapt, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, just as. Uh, for other companies you've seen large companies that haven't pivoted and adapted i mean at least here in the u.s we used to watch movies always in the cassettes that you pop in and you would yeah. go to some place and you would get those and now we watch everything online but the companies that didn't adapt from going from that rental where you go into the store right they they didn't and and um, um, you know, there there were names that were prevalent, organization names that were huge, that were well known to us that that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. So so really listen to your patients, really listen to your customers and 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 yes, have a clear vision, but be open to doing that, um, to making those changes. And I think also when you're when you're making those changes, Make sure your your team can all move together. Uh, when you uh, almost as if you're you're sailing and the wind changes, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you, you have to adapt your sails. You have to uh, reset. You have to all move together. There was booms coming across. Everyone has to talk and That's be true. ready to move. Right? Otherwise, someone gets knocked out, yeah, yeah. flying out of the boat, and you have to stop and back and be like hey <laughs> man overboard come back in you know pick them up and then move forward as the mm. as a team so you really want to be able to um, move together as uh, as a team and absolutely and, and make sure everyone's ready and that they're sharing the same vision and that doesn't that doesn't always happen quickly. Yeah. sometimes it takes a, a lot of discussion and and patience, and um, and a bit of time for people to get used to.
0: Yeah, especially I think I think I mean you point out uh, a very important part. Uh, a life science company is not a one-person man or woman show. So yeah. it always needs a team because we need so many skill sets. We need so much work uh, to uh, get done that it cannot be done by one person only. And I think on top of that. Uh, every time when uh, we found a company here in Europe, the difficulty is that at the beginning there is a broad vision, but uh, money-wise, what I can say to the people, I mean, uh, on one hand, I need your expertise. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we don't have money to pay you right away. And the third part is ideally, the founding members and the initial team also invests in the company. How did you handle? How was it for you, this this uh, phase of inception? Is it easy in the United States to find co-founders and first team members who accept that they don't make a fortune in the short term? Or is it very challenging?
1: Right. It's, it's not easy. I was very, very fortunate to find um, in the very beginning ways to be able to move forward um, so i initially in the very inception i uh, used online services such as odesk and elance mm-hmm. to bring in resources that i needed for uh, to get some of the work done um, or uh, fiverr is another one where it's very affordable you can bring in a uh, people to help you execute, uh, to help share your vision, to help attract that core team. Um, one of my, uh, interestingly enough, again, one of my uh, first engineers was from overseas. Um, we, uh, uh, I had helped with their website at the time. I almost bartered. They loved what we uh, we were working on. They got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to find people who were experts and cared and were uh, uh, about what you were uh, working on uh, made the difference to to get them inspired, engaged. Yes, equity in the beginning uh, makes all the difference. They're part of it. They're part of the team. They um, finding people who are very skilled who maybe are retired and uh, have that expertise, uh, wants to be able to utilize their skills to be able to help move you forward, have that time, are incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, they've already made their money uh, and you can, you can bring them in and they can help guide you because they've been there and done that and see, uh, seen that before is, is also very helpful. Uh, but it, the, found, the people who come in and initially aren't always the people who are, are right for you as you develop. So mm-hmm. keep an open mind with that. They, sometimes people come into your life or into your organization for a specific period of time and, and cherish that they were there and what they were able to contribute. And sometimes since your company grows, you may grow out of their expertise yeah. and, um, and you're constantly iterating and, and bringing in new people and, and, and sometimes it's the young energetic person who, like, yes, they want to, uh, to, they're crazy enough to want to be part of a startup yeah. and, and, right? and they have that energy and a dedication to, to just keep fighting so, um, so that's really how I uh, attracted different people uh, through advisors, through uh, different online resources. We were we were lucky enough to, uh, as I said, we won a couple of awards that brought gave us attention and that helped us attract other people. Uh, some of those awards provided resources Great. as well, too. So, I can't say that it's. Uh, you know, you go to startups are awesome. It's really, there's no one path. I think you have to find what really works for you um, and, and also figuring out what you need to execute. So, saying, what is my wish list? I think next steps to be, I need uh, engineering design and mm-hmm. uh, go out and find that. I need, uh, someone who is an expert in epinephrine, everyone you ask. Um, sometimes it's not their first introduction, sometimes yeah. five or six, just, uh, introductions out, just keep asking. Um, ooh, I, I was searching for a, a key expert for our team and, um, Uh, there's probably uh, about four or five world experts uh, in what I was looking for. And I asked everyone. And and one day I I got a call uh, from this individual. Oh my gosh, yours. (laughs) It's like, thank you. You you will be heard. I just, it's, it's keep at it.
0: Yeah, they're, they're great points you uh, you point out. I, I like especially the part uh, where you explained that sometimes uh, when the company grows and uh, pivots or when it gets more and more structured, um, different personalities are needed. So people that were there at the start might not be the right ones when the company grows. And sometimes I see that people spend too much time in trying to change people in the company instead of exchanging people in the company for the good of it. Uh, how do you handle that when, when you come to that point that you say, okay, uh, one of your team members was good for the last two years because it was a certain situation and now you need a new one and let's to uh, let the team member go? How do you handle that so that you still have this positive spin in the company? Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today.
1: So they still still have value, right? Sometimes if you're bringing on in the beginning someone who uh, has the expertise, um, but maybe they're uh, retired and uh, they... They can help get you started, but might not want to do the daily grind that's required for a starting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, I mean it's taxing, it's an effort. So so know that. Have, have those conversations in the beginning. Say okay, you're you'll come in for this part for an equity basis and then uh transition to an advisor. So, so you can adapt and, and change and say, great, they start off in, in a higher level position. You uh, you get to the point where they're saying, perfect, we're going to move you to an advisory. They already have equity. They already have invested interest. They already care about what you're doing and they're there, but maybe it's not for the you know the day in day out mm-hmm. um but uh that appreciation for what they've accomplished doesn't go away just because they don't want to hold that uh, title mm-hmm. any any longer um and you bring in, in someone new uh, who who does um having those again good contract good conversations lead to good contracts. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to um, have those conversations up front. Have the what ifs? What uh, you know, whether your comfort, whether your contract is uh, milestone based, um, saying we want to, want you to accomplish these certain goals, and once you accomplish these goals, you'll vest in your equity. Or maybe it's over time uh, that uh, as you spend time. You'll vest um, over over that period, yeah. uh, so there's many ways that you can then you can structure this so people feel appreciated yeah. and and involved.
0: It's good that you pointed out. So it's not always higher and fire. There are yeah. many ways to to uh, give uh, the relationship a positive spin as well. So I, I like that you say. You can always put people on advisory roles, so maybe they don't like the daily grind, mm-hmm. uh, and they are just better off if uh, they're only pulled in when their expertise is needed, mm-hmm. instead of throwing task after task on them and making them fail.
1: Right? You know, and I've—I think I've been in those situations where you're thinking this, um, where now we're doing this and now we're doing that, and, and not everyone can. Can keep up and yeah. and it, it, that was a learning lesson for me. Saying, "Well, great, we're going." I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're trying to hold on to your coattails as you're moving, and and they can't. Not everyone can move at that at that speed, and and it doesn't make them bad. At mm. all, they definitely have value. It's, it's, it's having that right team yeah. and constantly adapting and iterating. Um, I think this
0: is this is one of the the, the most important uh, learnings for young entrepreneurs. That uh, I think the technology by itself is only a small percentage of the total success. A lot of success is contributed by keeping the team spirit up and having these necessary people skills to keep people engaged and motivated and a positive spin in the company.
1: Uh, it's, it, it makes all the difference in, in keeping your team together, excited. So much of it's celebrating those little successes, judging their uh, energy level uh, I I know I use a lot of analogies, but if you've ever seen someone uh, jumping horses, um, Mm -hmm. you have all of these hurdles that you need to get. I love riding. and um, You'll often see the rider as the horse is seeing this jump coming in front of them and they're checking up and they're setting them up for this hurdle. And and sometimes it's really necessary. You just can't, live through everything you have to ch- uh, check up, get your team collected and say, okay, well, let's go. Let's make sure, you know, we're not flailing as we're trying to go clear these hurdles. Um, and not everyone is collected. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you have someone who's, you know, uh, uh in the, in not quite in that mindset yet. And, yep. um, uh, that preparation, that inspiration, that encouragement, uh, especially as a startup, you're you're constantly pushing into into things that maybe you haven't done before. That's that's it's great if you have an advisor, but sharing that belief of like, okay, we can figure this out, guys. Like, we can do this. Yeah. And 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 getting that team together feeling
0: is move I re- I really love that part of entrepreneurship, um, getting the right advice. I mean, the first thing always is realizing that there is a problem, which which is not easy because an entrepreneur very often has to step into areas where he or she is not really proficient in. So there's this feeling first of I know that something is not really right, and uh, but I don't know whom to talk to because I really, I, 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 there, there is something, but I don't see it. And I think this uh, this skill to identify problems, to name problems are key to success for every entrepreneur because it's a pre-step to finding the right advisor. Uh, how do you handle that situations?
1: Right. So... Uh- problems I think there's uh there's two there's a mindset I think there's two uh different points in the middle is somewhere at least I found was right that a lot of people will say oh uh, people are negative and don't listen to tell or to negativity and problems and then I feel like you're just plowing forward and you're not really listening when people say you can't do this for whatever reason listen to those people um, and then solve the problem. So I mean, cause everyone, when you're starting, is just like, you know, there's huge pharmaceutical companies out there. You're never going to be able to do this. Ask why, why I'm not going to be able to do this. Manufacturing is very difficult. Great. Let's go figure out manufacturing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for telling me why I can't do this. You're never going to be able to do this because of whatever reason, and there's a lot of that. And you, you can't just put your fingers in your ears and just no, listen, really listen, but then, but then solve those problems and find the, those resources. And it's not always money, I think. Our first in, instinct is to say. Well, I need money to solve this problem. Yes, that's so helpful. It makes your <laughs> life really easy. But let, you, let me tell you, life is not always easy. And sometimes you have to be creative. So yep. um, maybe it's equity. Maybe you have some skill. Um, uh, you, you know, anything that you're able to do that you can say, hey, I'll help you with this. If you can help me with that. Um, and there, there, there's there's more ways to move forward and solve your problems.
0: Um, no, absolutely. I think, I think Grant Cardone said something like, I don't, I have, don't have the exact quote in my mind right now, but he said something like, uh, if you don't like problems, don't become an entrepreneur. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you must love solving problems. And if you want to become more successful, you must enjoy getting bigger, bigger problems on your table. So yes. without. Having this ability to laugh problems, entrepreneurship will never lead to success. It's good to hear that you see it similar. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Money is
1: all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it? And what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Yeah, you really, it's like if you think of it as a puzzle and and if you think of each one as a learning lesson, I mean, you're going to make mistakes. God knows I've made so many of them. And, and sometimes you're really going to doubt yourself. And that's, I think that's the difference between yeah. you, like, you, know, you either stay down or you pick yourself up you're gonna be face down in that mud from pushing. You're yeah. going to you're gonna get dirty, you're gonna be exhausted. Uh, get back up. And sometimes you're gonna be slower to recover. But look at look at that as hey, what did you learn? What did I learn? You know, if you if you're afraid of making mistakes for something that sorry, but you're gonna to have to get over it, right? Because no one's perfect anyone who's started any company has has it's not been perfect for them um, it, it's it's difficult um, but you'll learn from it and from that you'll become stronger and sometimes you're you're going to make the same mistake
0: <laughs> you're gonna you have to repeat stronger. it until you learn it
1: <laughs> right yeah, like Gosh, that one took me a while. I <laughs> yeah. mean, uh, the uh, um, you know, for me, saying, oh, "Oh, I can do this. I can figure it out." Great. Well, maybe you. Can. It's going to be a lot faster if you bring in the right people. That's true. Like, like maybe in the very beginning, I laugh when I think about it. It's like, well. Let me see that. If I can learn CAD, it's like, no, <laughs> stop! You're like you're not going to become an engineer and do this mm-hmm. successfully. You need to bring in the people who who um who can. And, and sometimes it's saying you know, uh, can, does it make sense for us to learn this? Uh, going through the FTA, for example, uh, y'all. Uh, every step is very well laid yep. out. I'm thinking, can, do we have the team, the expertise to be able to read through the um, their guidance? That's very well laid out. Can we, can we follow the steps to register for our um, our application and get an application number? Can we? Like lo and behold, we can. Can we um, read through the requirements to send that first letter to them to explain what we're doing? We can. Um, so there's, and then you get to a point where you've made enough progress where you attract those experts and say, this is what we've done. Instead of having them do it, can you review it and see if it's yep. right? And that's a lot less expensive. So there, there are things that make sense for you to to try, to, to, figure, to figure out. So don't be scared to try it, but keep it in perspective in, in what your team should and should not be doing.
0: I think this point about failure culture is important. Um, when I think back to my days in school, it was very negative uh, to fail or to make any mistakes. So the, the reception by the teachers was generally speaking not very good. And as an entrepreneur we have to unlearn this because it's part of the game
1: why right. what if I don't pass this task what if I don't do this right uh, you know even even when you're you're pitching and, and um, uh, in competitions or whatnot, that 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 oh my gosh what if what if I if I don't do well what if I say the wrong thing yeah you will, you will, get over it, right? You're gonna, you're, you're, there's times that you're gonna be so scared. Um, so during our pre-IND meeting with the FDA, i like, I was, and I couldn't sleep the night before, I before the meeting, I was like, my God, I feel sick a stomach. I like, we're talking to the FDA. I, I was so, so scared. They were the nicest people. I mean, sometimes you have to look at the fears that you build up in your mind. I mean, you would have thought I was going into the lion's den and the biggest, scariest monster ever. I, I was just shaking. Um, and they were wonderful. They were so kind they were they say well you could do it that way or you may consider and then they gave us the most wonderful recommendations and advice and guidance and then you look at that that's really what they're set up to do they're not there to to make you wrong or to hurt you the, their end goal is to keep patients safe and for your device or you are what you're creating to um, to be safe and effective for use. And they're really there to help you to do that. And I said, look, come to us. You know, show us your plan. And that's really what the pre-I meeting is. Mm-hmm. Ask us your questions. We're going to give you guidance how to do this, um, and then when you come up with your test plans, send it to us. We'll review it, and we'll tell you if it, if it needs to be tweaked or revised before you start doing it, um, and such a sigh of relief. And I had told them, like, thank you guys, after the meeting, So so be careful about what you're building up in your mind, or what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than likely they're not. And um, I, I've had meetings where I'm uh, in on the stage and, and, and everyone, I just, I just thought, oh, they're they're bored, they're not going to like what I'm talking about. Everyone else is doing something that's so much more interesting. And then I had a line of people coming up to talk to me yeah. after. It was, I was like, Oh, we loved this part. I was I you know, I was you you build things, especially as a new entrepreneur, up in your mind. I would like to say don't do it, you will. Try try to remember. Give your past yeah. Right. Give yours cut yourself some slack. Really. Please. We've all been there.
0: I think it's an important part that you mentioned that that successful people, it's not that successful people are not afraid and don't have emotions and always confident. It's just they don't care. They don't give in. They don't give in to emotions and don't punish themselves unnecessary and stay home. They just get up and get out there. And of course, they are scared. So going on a stage is always uh something that's exciting, that is new, it's a new audience, and uh, it, it's, it's normal, it's human to be afraid and to have fears.
1: Exactly. It, it really is. And I'd like to say, don't do it and you and will. at that every entrepreneur's doubted themselves. Um, lean in, lean into it, recognize it, say, okay why do i feel so anxious why do i feel scared well i think this and when you start to break it down yeah it's really not as scary it's it's not giving into the fear it's moving forward in face of that because you you will you're going to doubt yourself you're going to feel scared there's going to be times you're, feeling like you're going to be up in the middle of the night making this say what made me think that I could do this right? like my gosh and you' like no at least it's a, a for me it was it was the uh, moms who had lost children mm-hmm. they were just like who said so please get this done you'll find you're the thing that makes you get up and get moving when you when you feel that you're stuck. Or you're scared that that higher and and from you know that's one thing really as we were saying before life sciences you can reach to before you're curing cancer right? yep. you're improving the quality of life keep going don't yep. stop what you're doing uh will not just change people's lives but their families too um, you know, babies and children mothers and sons. It's just not just that one person. It's That's And true. what those people will do. And, and now this is enough to get your butt up on that stage, <laughs> right? Like spend that extra hour, make that yep. extra call. Share your passion. We're really in a unique position uh, uh, to do that.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders Drive Greater Teamwork, Collaboration, Cooperation, Greater Attitudes, Better Motivation, Coaching Career Development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. I can absolutely agree to that. You mentioned in the talk that you had uh, FDA meetings. So I'm curious, at what stage is your technology right now? Is it uh, a working prototype? Is it on the market already? Where are you in your development?
1: Right, so we're going through the FDA approval process. Um, we lucky we were approved for an expedited pathway uh, it's called cool. a 505B2, which allows us uh, for our epinephrine auto injector. We don't need to prove the efficacy of epinephrine. For us, that was a huge win. The FDA said, look, we know. But the efficacy is of epinephrine in blast cartridge delivered mm. into rescue. You can uh, supplement your application with existing uh, studies, uh, which was wonderful. Um, so we have to do our device performance testing. We have to do our human factors and then stability studies. So we were so fortunate in that regard. Uh, we're also working uh, with the military as well. So we'll follow uh, a pa- similar pathway working with them. Um, so we're fortunate to have just received a, a phase one contract with the military. Right. It, was, uh, we, uh, it was just just a huge, huge win for our part. Um, and, and that was one of the things we were thinking originally at the Africa that we found, you know, we can help, the military, whether it's anti-chemical warfare agents, okay. replacing, um, a, for our auto-injector, we're following a pathway to deliver ketamine, which would be um, a safer, uh, more effective alternative for morphine. So we're, we're working to pursue that pathway currently. Um, we're, we're also working, we just found out, just the other day, we were uh, awarded uh, a contract with uh, the Chemical Biological Defense uh, Department
0: of the DOD. Congratulations!
1: Thank you. I was huge for some of the technology that uh, we're, we'll be placing in our auto injector to really make it uh, shatter resistance, uh, proof So there's we're finding that there's there's many pathways forward. It's the auto-injector, but then it's also some of the technology
0: in the auto-injector that has the ability to be licensed out. Um, how did, one question from my end. Uh, you mentioned that you have a contract with the U.S. Army and another contract, I think, with the DoD, if you I got work. it right. Of yeah. 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 How how did that work? Is it easy uh, to get these, uh, let's say, customer relationships built, uh, or does it take a lot of time? Uh, from the first contact until you finally sign, sign the contract?
1: So, it took us a long time, um, but there are far faster pathways forward, so I'm happy to share some yeah. insights from our perspective to help future entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs um, that would like to work with the uh, U.S. government. I am by no means an expert. I can just share our experience. Um, first, get registered. Um, there are certain requirements that you have to meet. They take some time to put into place. You have to have DUNS numbers. You have to be registered. Um, it's uh, Once you follow the steps, it's very well laid out, and you're registered, and you're approved to work uh, with the uh, military. So I, I think the website is sam.gov. Uh, so that's a good cool starting place to get, any, uh, get your registration. And all the uh, uh, paperwork in order. From there, uh, working with the Air Force. They have a AFWorks Challenge program, which is an uh, technology innovation part of the Air Force. So it's uh, it's actually called AFWorks, and I'm going to be able to share this with you guys. Mm-hmm. So it's A F W E R X Challenge mm-hmm. and so they put out solicitations for we're trying to solve this problem so if you have a technology that can help uh, submit an application and we want to see it uh, so they'll move you through phases uh, first phase would be phase one mm-hmm. um and they i think they do them every three months it's uh 15 uh Uh, page, uh, PowerPoint slide and a a tech volume that's also short probably another 15 pages. There's a couple of other documents. It's not that bad. uh, They award them to companies that they find fit in uh, niche. So they also do an open solicitation. So if it's something they haven't thought of that they need, they'll they'll, um, have that opportunity to be able to Mm -hmm saying, hey, this could help the Air Force in this way. Um, they're also doing joint ventures. So even though it's efforts through the Air Force, they, they bring in the Army and Navy as well. And they're through um, SBIR programs. So that's how they award the money, through a small business, by uh, innovation. Yeah. You have to meet certain requirements. be less than 500 people, which for most startups isn't a... Uh, a problem, and um, so definitely, if there's something that that you feel uh, could be a benefit, reach out. There, there's there's ways uh, to to do that.
0: Um, even work, if the even if the company, the startup, is not a U.S. based company, so I think they're open also to European companies.
1: right well, I I know that you have to meet certain requirements. Mm-hmm. I think work needs to be done in the U.S., but yep. you're Able to bring in more nationals. So maybe find that strategic uh, partnership and say, hey, we have this, uh, we're an expert in this, and they they Mm -hmm. are great connectors. And saying, uh, we have this expertise, you have the US Mm -hmm. lab, we're going to work together Mm -hmm. and be pleased to do it.
0: But initially it's about the technology and the benefit of the technology mm-hmm. and not so much about the location. So Europeans should not be afraid to reach out to the US Army or to the Navy mm-hmm. or the Air Force and should just offer their technology. And if there is something in it, there is always the possibility, of course, to uh, allocate operations in the United States. But initially it must not be founded uh, or accepted in the United States.
1: Exactly. There, if, if you have something that would be a benefit, I mean, and th- there's ways to accomplish that. I, I know one of the requirements, at least um, that the work needs to be done in the U.S., finding lab space here isn't difficult. Um, registering for a corporation here isn't difficult. I mean, there's you can do it on. I uh, we're in New York and Texas. It's um, it can be done online. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's innovation hubs where they'll rent space to you. They'll uh, rent lab space um, in uh, special development areas that are, are set up specifically for startups. So if we love to attract new businesses uh, and bright entrepreneurs. So come, you know, bring bring your innovation and technology, make a difference. There's so many resources. um, Going uh, through some of the better business bureaus for different states, uh, Mm -hmm. depending on where you want to be there.
0: We were talking about problems uh, in the middle of our talk. What problems are you currently working on that you are looking for support and help? Uh, we have a huge LifeSense get-together network, so maybe there is somebody in the network that might be of benefit for you. Uh, what's your number one problem that you currently are working on?
1: Right. So we're always looking for uh, great people to to build upon partner team uh, people who are experts in combination products, uh, auto-injectors in particular, we've worked on auto-injector, uh, whether it's through the regulatory pathway for CE mark, um, uh, through China, um, internationally, we're interested if you are our licensing experts. we're looking to license our Auto injector to large pharmaceutical companies who um, have innovative or they therapeutic that they want to deliver. Um, our, our cartridge has a one ML glass yeah. cartridge um, standard. It's a uh, glass. So it delivers and retracts in under a fourth of a second. So for emergency use indications, um, we're looking for, to connect with pharmaceutical companies. If you're an entrepreneur who's looking for a drug delivery, you have a therapeutic and you need a drug delivery device, we're not going to say, no, you're a small, uh, you know, innovative, uh, you know, therapeutic. Absolutely not. We'd we'll love to work with you. Uh, we're just closing out around uh, where we will be closing it in September 24th. So. We still have that convertible debt note open. Mm. We've got great terms. So if if an investor is interested in participating, we are closing soon. We'll fit you in. Um, And uh, for them to reach out to me, my email is Jessica at com.
0: With the consent, I will put it into the description of the Uh, of the podcast so your contact data that people can directly reach out to you you. Uh, one last question we're at the end of uh, this episode Uh, one last question to you so let's assume that you can go back in time Uh, when you were in your late teens early 20s uh, what advice would you give your younger self with the expertise and the experience you gained
1: Uh, build teams that your team is critical ask for help ask don't be afraid to reach out I in the past I think what uh, took a uh, took a longer period of time than it really needed to be is trying to figure out things yourself thinking money uh, you know let me uh, bootstrap yes bootstraps the uh, bootstrapping is great but bring build that team you people will be interested they will care um, and, and build that that team so that's really if I could go back in time I, I would have we would have made a, a lot more progress a lot faster you if you didn't feel oh <laughs> i have got to figure out everything. You really don't. Like it, bring in those bring in those experts, uh, and, and 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 really listen, and and keep the, uh, keep your team inspired and and engage. Don't be afraid to reach out to them. I think that's one of the things that I also did wrong. Well is, is oh, I don't want to bother them. They're my advisor, but you know, I, they're a really important person. I but then they I think often they didn't feel needed or connected or or possibly as appreciative or appreciative or and um and so by keeping them engaged, um I, I could have done a better job than that and I think that was an important life life lesson. Along with not being afraid to, to fail, so I guess those are a couple of. Like, yeah, like, <laughs>
0: right. you're right, Jessica.
1: I, <laughs> I took five or ten. I could go on on the, on the things that I've, I've learned. That you know, where can I start on the things that I wish that I had done better mm-hmm. to get to this point? So, right there's 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 no shortage of that, but you know, you move, you keep moving.
0: True. Jessica, thank you very much for your time. It's always a huge pleasure talking to you. I wish you all the best for your company. Keep on moving forward. I think your technology is very much needed in the world. And uh, if anybody in the audience uh, has something to offer or can help, feel free to reach out to Jessica Walsh. (laughs)
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you very much. Have a great day.
1: (laughs) You too.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed. Have a great day. Mm